0: It's September 9th, 2019. I'm Esther Lin and this is an MMA news show. This week, we'll recap UFC 242, Bellator 226, and the second Invicta Phoenix Series tournament. Let's begin with the UFC's first pay-per-view in Abu Dhabi since UFC 112 back in April of 2010. Abim Nurmagomedov successfully defended his lightweight title against interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier with a rear naked choke at two minutes and six seconds of the third round. Nurmagomedov was methodical in his wrestling, dragging Poirier to the mat repeatedly and suffocating Poirier's attempts to escape throughout the rounds. Though Poirier found some success on the feet in the second round, ultimately he found himself on his back again in the third after a nearly successful guillotine attempt at which point, Habib escaped, took Poirier's back, and deftly threaded the choke in to finish the ATT product. In the co-main event, Paul Felder avenged his loss to Edson Barbosa in a split decision victory, where we saw two 30-27 scorecards going to each fighter. There were many kicks, elbows, and spins in both directions of the three-round battle. Barbosa's camp disagreed with the judges' scorecards and has informed our reporter Guilherme Cruz that they will appeal the decision. Habib Nurmagomedov's teammate, Islam Mahachev, won a unanimous decision over Davi Hamos with his boxing rather than his wrestling. Curtis Blades dominated his way to a second-round TKO over Shamil Abderrahimov. And Diego Fajera upsets Mayer Taisimov. With a high-paced and gritty unanimous decision victory. On the undercard, flyweights Joanne Calderwood and Andrea Lee clashed in a thrilling bout that saw the Scot winning a split decision. Muslip Salikov and Atman Azaytar won performance bonuses for their respective knockout wins over Nordin Taleb and Temu Pakalin. Balam Mohamed won $50,000 for his submission victory over Takashi Sato and the final bonus went to Habib Nurmagomedov. Following his victory, Nurmagomedov exchanged shirts with Poirier so that Poirier could add the Eagles shirt to the auction raising funds for a new water well for an orphanage in Uganda. UFC president Dana White announced he would match Habib's contribution. In San Jose, California at Bellator 226, Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo ended in a no contest with Congo complaining of an eye poke while Bader was ground and pounding him, which marred an otherwise strong night of fights. The rest of the card was devoted to kicking off Bellator's Featherweight Grand Prix. Emmanuel Sanchez submitted Taiwan Claxton in the second round. Pedro Carvalho submitted Sam Cecilia with a round two face crank. Referee Frank Trigg waved off Adam Boric versus Pat Curran at the end of the second round after Boric dropped Curran with his now signature flying knee and flurried until the bell sounded. And Derek Campos took a dominant decision over former two-time champion Daniel Strauss. At the second Invicta Phoenix series one-night tournament, flyweights were featured as Miranda Maverick and Deanna Bennett fought their way to the finals where Maverick avenged a previous loss to Bennett with a third round submission. The 22 year old Maverick now finds herself in prime position to challenge the winner of the upcoming flyweight title bout between champion Vanessa Porto and Carino Rodriguez. Now let's jump back to UFC 242's main event. Jed Mishu breaks down the Eagles victory over the diamond.
1: On Saturday night, Habib Nurmagomedov re-established himself as the top lightweight in the sport, and for my money, he solidified it. It's done. He's the greatest lightweight of all time. Look, coming into this fight, I feel like a lot of the analysts sort of agree. Dustin Poirier was either the toughest or the second toughest challenge, depending on how you view Just- Justin Gaethje that was no challenge at all Habib ran through him there was never a moment when it was in doubt maybe a a brief second in the second round where everyone tried to convince themselves that Habib was hurt but realistically it just looked like Poirier was brawling and Habib was trying to find his footing and frankly after that it was probably the end of Poirier's real run here in the third round he had the guillotine attempt obviously but at the end of the day that didn't succeed and what did succeed was Habib Nurmagomedov look we want to underrate Habib I get it because he's, he's not the guy we consider in the GOAT conversation. He's limited. He's a one-trick pony. And we're conditioned to believe that fighters like George St. Pierre, those well-rounded guys, those are the best of all time. But for a long time, we all thought Anderson Silva was the best fighter of all time. And he was a one-trick pony. And the reality is that what George St. Pierre used that great flexibility to do was to attack opponents where they're weakest. He could take down the strikers. He could out-wrestle the wrestlers, put them on their back. He could do all these things. But Habib does the same thing, he just shortcuts it. Because where every opponent is weakest is underneath him and no one can stop him. His great strength is so much better than everyone else's game that there is no way to defeat that. Look, Tony Ferguson is a, is a great challenger, he's gonna be a good challenger here. But the Dustin Poirier fight with Habib made me feel even more confident in picking Habib there. Poirier said coming in he was going to be willing to risk bad positions so he could keep the scramble moving against Habib because he didn't want to get stuck underneath him. And I think that's smart. I think that is what you have to do because you are behind. As soon as the cage door closes, you're behind Habib no matter who you are. So you have to risk those bad positions. But at the end, we saw what happened. Poirier went for that guillotine, and it was close. He almost got it. And then shortly after he got choked out, he went for a couple of switches. It was a good idea, but at the end, he got mounted after both of them. Scrambling against Habib is a good idea in principle because it's the only way you're going to win. Just getting under him and getting smashed isn't going to win. But at the same time, it's a bet that's probably going to get you in a way worse position. Tony Ferguson is a guy who likes to gramby roll. He likes to scramble already. He's going to do that against Habib, and it's going to end the same way. He'll be underneath and he will be getting smashed. At the end of the day, Habib Nurmagomedov is the best lightweight fighter on the planet. And I think we need to really start considering that he's the best fighter we've ever seen, full stop.
0: Thanks Jed. And now let's check in with Peter Carroll and EKC Leiden from Abu Dhabi to give us their perspective of the momentous event on Yas island.
2: MMAfighting.com and we're in Abu Dhabi. And for this segment of this is an MMA news show, I wanted to speak to my colleague, Casey Lydon, who is a veteran of 130 <laughs> pay-per-views, and also was at the first big pay-per-view here, UFC 112, Invincible. Um, so I mean, when you think about this, is there any immediate differences that jump out at you from the first time you came here in 2010?
3: This was much bigger. It felt it felt bigger. This this event felt like it was for the people. Mm. It was for the uh, people of the. Um, the Middle Eastern nations, the Islamic people here, it um, mostly that it was it was a card that was designed for them. It as it's about, it's about has a local like a local card as you as the UFC can make.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like that. It has bigger implications on this area. Like you, I feel like for the first time, people are really kind of understanding what MMA is. Like for the first time, there's a dedicated channel for mixed martial arts, there's news updates all over the papers, we've seen it all week. And really, I believe that's because Habib and because of, he's, re- he's really amplified his superstardom here. Like, I mean, I feel like he's really reverberating with these people, he is the guy they're coming to see. And I mean, I feel like that's what's made the big difference, right?
3: Yeah, you know, you know, we go on, you go on Instagram and you see these videos and of Habib, you know, visiting, you know, relig- religious sites here in Dagestan, people going crazy. You know, we see like videos, but but we saw it in person, mm. and it's it's um, it was it was it was quite phenomenal. I mean, like like I like said, I've been to one hundred and thirty big, one hundred and thirty pay per views. You know, don't be boasting. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> one
1: hundred
3: and thirty <laughs> at, at least, and um, it it really felt like it was up there. It felt like in the top three or four, top five, as far as like just big feels like this is important. I was at. I was at a moment. This wasn't mm. just a, a sporting event. It wasn't just a mixed martial arts event. This was like a historic moment. Mm. And that's what. That's what this week, and that's what Saturday night felt like.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't feel as though it translated from what I saw in the arena. I mean, it was wild. I mean, the the chorus of Habib, Habib. The people becoming emotional when he when he was just walking out. You know, I, I put out a video of it yesterday on Twitter, and people were like, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. But it. I mean, it really was. Like, I mean, it was as big as. Uh, McGregor coming out to Sinead O'Connor at the Mendez fight for me, it was one of those moments, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if it translated, but it certainly was. Here, it felt huge. It felt magnificent, you know?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, compared to the uh, event in 2010, 2010, the first pay-per-view, that one felt, that was, let's just, uh, uh, at that time, UFC had a different partnership, I think a company called Flash Entertainment, and that one felt more like, Let's just bring our big stars over. Mm. I, think, I think outside of Henzo Gracie at the time, everything, everyone else was just stars. They brought two title fights, Anderson Silva, um, Damon May, Even though he knows jiu-jitsu, he's not like known here. Um, BJ Penn. It was just, it was, it was just bringing stars for the people. This one was, was different. Like, I remember even as, like, just as a fan looking at the card, I was like, okay, well, obviously the main event rules, but everything else is like, okay, it's a fight, it's a fight, it's a fight. But when I got here, we started talking to fighters, talking to other media, just seeing the fans. I go, I started to get it, mm. you know. And then, but then when fight night happened, just walking into the arena, it was like, that's a whole other situation. You even get into the, the, the arena. Mm. It was just a chaos outside. Yes.
0: Thanks, PT. And thanks, Casey. Ooh, rawr. To see their full discussion, visit the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button. Do it. The hullabaloo over who would headline this November's Madison Square Garden card for the UFC has finally been settled. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal was announced as the headliner for UFC 244 on Saturday before the card in Abu Dhabi began, sending the press room into a bit of a frenzy. Kamaru Usman was on-site in Abu Dhabi in Takashi Sato's corner, but was not available for comment regarding the dissolution of his targeted title defense against Colby Covington. That UFC president Dana White had confirmed just the previous week at his Tuesday Night Contender series. Diaz versus Mosvidal will be for the baddest mother****** in the game belt, and we are excited and nervous to see what the UFC comes up with for this exclusive one-time prize. In other announcements, dancing superstar Junior Dos Santos got his wish and he'll be fighting Alexander Volkov on November 9th in Moscow. Joe Lozon versus Jonathan Pierce was added to the UFC fight night in Boston on October 18th, while Cody Stamen will take on the rising song Yadong December 7th in Washington DC on UFC on ESPN 7. In cancellations, Sergey Kandosko is out of his fight with Michelle pajeda this Saturday at UFC Fight Night in Vancouver due to visa issues. No replacement has been announced. And John Tuck will fill in for an injured Paul Redman at Bellator Dublin against Brandon Gertz on September 21st. Now, let's go to the bad boy, Alex K. Lee, and he'll tell us what's worth watching in prize fighting this week.
4: Yes, let's talk fun f-ing fights. First, all times mentioned here, Eastern Time. Now, your boy will be in the building this Saturday for UFC Vancouver, but if you're watching from home, all of it will be available on ESPN Plus. 5 p.m. prelim start, 8 p.m. main card. In the main event, Donald Cerrone versus Justin Gaethje. Now, in a perfect world, this would be a number one contender's belt for the newly created BMF belt. You know, if the UFC and Dana White were treating that like an actual thing, but regardless, Octagon walkout number 33 for Cowboy, and he's still being matched up with the best and most exciting fighters in the world. Tip of the cap to him and to Gaethje for making the trip up to the Great White North. By the way, Dad Cerrone, he's got a blemish on his record now, but Canadian Cowboy still undefeated. Now we also have a fun light heavyweight combing event with perennial contender Grover Teixeira and the always exciting Nikita Krylov. Uh, Krylov has never gone to a decision in 31 pro bouts. But most importantly, let's all pray that Michael De Malador Pereira stays on the card. Uh, there's, there's a report that he has lost opponent Sergei Condusco to visa issues. Uh, and I'm sure you remember that Pereira made maybe one of the most exciting debuts in UFC history this past May against Danny Roberts. So please fight deities. Find this man an opponent. Plus, plus, plus Todd Duffy. Remember him? Former blue-chip heavyweight prospect, he'll be fighting on Saturday for the first time since 2015. Uh, he takes on Jeff Hughes. Uh, KSW50, Saturday, that's gonna start around 10 a.m. Uh, main card at one, that's be on kswtv.com. You can purchase that for the low, low price of about uh, 11 America bucks. There'll be four title fights on the card to commemorate this landmark event for the Polish MMA giant. Uh, Heavyweight champ Phil DeFries will defend against Luis Enrique. Welterweight knockout uh, artist Roberto Robocop Soldich defends against Patrick Kinkel. Light heavyweight champ Thomas Narcun fights Tough 28 alum Slemishla Misiala. And Norman Park meets Marcin Vroshek for an interim lightweight belt. Olympic bronze medal winning wrestler Damian Janikowski will also be in action. And for you fans of more traditional pugilism... Tyson Fury, yes, the Gypsy King, the heavyweight boxing star, will be headlining a top-ranked boxing show facing relative unknown Otto Wallen in Las Vegas on Saturday night. That will be on ESPN+. Plus. The winner walks out with a special Mayan belt created by the World Boxing Council to commemorate Mexican Independence Weekend. Whatever happens, let's just hope that it doesn't mess with talks of Fury fighting uh, Deontay Wilder a second time next February. So good luck navigating a busy Saturday, fun fight fans.
0: Thanks, Alex. Finally, this past week, we saw what I affectionately call the hoop of shame being used by male fighters needing modesty at the official weigh-ins on Friday morning. UFC lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov needed the towel to make the limit of 155 pounds. And this time they brought the black curtain hoop to the stage ensuring that no one would have an inadvertent and intrusive view of the champion as Mark Ratner collected his official weight. Previously, the hoop was used only for female fighters while the male fighters all opted for only a towel to cover their bits as they disrobed completely for the official reading. Since it worked so well, they continued to use the hoop for other male fighters on the card that needed it, and I'm so glad to see them finally implementing full coverage for the athletes in their already vulnerable state. It's great to see incremental improvements still being made in the sport. Well, that's it for us here in Abu Dhabi as we pack up everything and head to Vancouver for Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cerrone. Wait, what time is it? Should... Oh, Oh. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for watching. This is an MMA news show.